0: Welcome to Channel Journeys, the podcast for channel professionals that will enable and inspire you to create your best channel journey ever. Meet and learn from channel experts who share authentic stories of their channel victories, defeats, and lessons learned along the way. Here's your host, Rob Speed, a channel chief on a never-ending quest for channel knowledge and adventure. Hello, Channel Pros. This is Rob Spee, your host and founder of Channel Journeys. Thank you so much for listening this week. And special thanks to George Meller of Cloud Readiness, who posted a fantastic review of the show on LinkedIn. I didn't expect it, but was very pleasantly surprised. So thank you, George. Welcome to Channel Journeys and the dog days of summer. It is hot and muggy here in Hotlanta, but that's not stopping me from having a great summer. I hope it's not stopping you either. It's also not stopping me from having fantastic guests on this show, guests who are really doing some cool things in the channel, and this week is no exception. Many channel leaders, myself included, have been trying to figure out how and when to leverage the hyperscale cloud provider marketplaces, like the ones you see, AWS Marketplace, Azure, Google, they all have them. One of the big concerns is, will it compete with and alienate Our existing channel partners and resellers. Well, today's guest, Gary Green, shares some insights, some great insights on this topic. Gary is the Vice President of Strategic Partnerships at Cloudera, where they have got a very well thought out multi pronged channel strategy. We talk about what it takes to be successful working with these cloud giants and how they've built their partner program to take care of their existing partners. So let's jump into it with Gary Green. Are you ready? Let's go. Hey Gary, good afternoon. Welcome to the Channel Journeys Podcast. Great to have you on the show.
1: Well, Rob, thank you so much. I've been excited to have the opportunity to speak with you today.
0: You probably couldn't even sleep last night. You were (laughs) so eager to get on the show, right?
1: Oh, you can't believe I very rarely ever sleep, especially when it gets towards the end of the quarter.
0: Oh well, that's true. That's true. Well, where are we finding you? Where are you holding out these days? Today I am in my home in
1: Austin, Texas. We've been sheltering in place here for a little over four months. And then we'll be heading back over to San Diego a week from tomorrow.
0: Very nice. I love both locations. Okay, great. Well, good to have you on the show. We're going to dive into an interesting topic, I think, around the cloud. And, and you're with Cloudera, VP of Strategic Partnerships. And you know, Cloudera, it's kind of interesting because I remember all the Hadoop, the hype around Hadoop, and we were all talking about Hadoop. And then I went off and started doing other things, and I kind of lost track of Hadoop. And then I noticed that Cloudera merged with Hortonworks, right? And tell me about what you guys are doing right now.
1: Okay. Well, thank you so much, Rob. It's a great question. So what we're doing right now is we believe we've redefined a solution in the marketplace that is getting a tremendous amount of traction. So. Last year, we started to speak to our customers, and we actually spent some time with Harvard Business Review to help us, you know, connect with a lot of enterprise customers. And what we found that for our enterprise customers that were dealing with data and analytics, there was an issue of complexity, diversifying data functions, regulatory compliance, and a real issue around openness, Mm -hmm. and that... The consensus was 69% of these executives said that their organization needed a comprehensive data strategy, but 35% of them only felt like they had one. So we believe that there was a need for us to be able to put a stake in the ground and create a vision around what we call enterprise data cloud.
0: Mm -hmm. And just
1: succinctly, Rob, that really means any cloud, specifically hybrid cloud, multi cloud, private cloud. It's really addressing all the functions of a data lifecycle ensuring that the data is secured and governed and most importantly that it's open and has access. And that's really what we've been doing for since about this time last year.
0: And you recently launched the Cloudera data platform and now you're you're offering that in multiple cloud environments, right?
1: Rob, that is correct. So last year we announced CDP which was the merged offering of the legacy of Hadoop products from both Hortonworks and Cloudera, we merged that into the Cloudera data platform that addresses these issues of any cloud multifunction for the data lifecycle, secure and governed and open, and we made it available on the global cloud providers. So our relationships today are with uh, Microsoft Azure, where CDP public cloud is available, our relationship with AWS, where CDP public cloud is also available. And last month we announced Strengthening and expanding our partnership with Google on GCP, and we will have a version of Cloudera CDP available on GCP later this year.
0: Okay, very interesting. So, for our listeners, what I'm really wanting to dive into you with you, Gary, is uh, your channel strategy. And you know, we have a lot of companies that are migrating to the cloud. Partners are moving their business to the cloud vendors are moving over to the SaaS model if they're not already there. And there are still a lot of questions about a channel strategy in the cloud. And, you know, the idea of marketplaces and the role they play and the, the hyperscale, you know, big cloud providers, like you just mentioned, what role do they play? What role should they play in a channel strategy? So maybe for starters, could you just kind of outline what are the, the core components of your partner or channel strategy?
1: So, Rob, thank you so much. The foundational elements of our partner strategy is what we call the Cloudera Connect program. Okay. We launched that last November, and that was an evolution of the existing partner strategies and programs that both companies had before the merger. We've gotten tremendous feedback from our very diverse partner network around Cloudera Connect. And if you understand our partner ecosystem, as you described, includes the global cloud providers that we've talked about. It also is specifically focused on our resellers, our VARs and our VADs. It also is focused on our global system integrators, our IHVs, independent hardware vendors, ISVs. And, you know, that is the diverse ecosystem of partners that we have. And that program itself affords our partners the ability so where we can enable and train them around the enterprise data cloud, specifically get them to understand technologies that we offer with CDP public cloud. And in a second, I'm sure we'll talk about private cloud. And then more importantly, we enable them to do deal registration, we give them the opportunity for MDF funds and the ability for us to connect in a co-sell, resell, or influence model um, through the different sorts of partnerships that we have to drive their business with our joint customers.
0: Okay, so let's let's look first at that more traditional channel—the VARs, the SIs that you're working with—and. How much are you seeing these partners needing assistance still in moving to the cloud? Or are they have they already gotten it by now?
1: No, I, I believe that most of them have made the transition. They're still in that point where they're still some of them that are getting through that transition. And it's mm-hmm. the same exactly with our customers. As you know, some of the largest enterprise customers are still just making that move to The public cloud. There are a tremendous amount of legacy workloads that sit on-prem in the data center. And the strategy that we talk to our customers through our partners on a daily basis is how do we help them get legacy workloads into the cloud? And Mm -hmm. that's where the partners really provide a tremendous amount of value. When we talk about the global cloud providers and CDP public cloud our partners of all types can provide value there. Our resellers have the opportunity to be able to sell prepaid cloud credits for our customers that are landing their legacy workloads and new workloads into the cloud on CDP Public Cloud. Our GSIs have the opportunity to be able to engage our customers as they're taking those legacy workloads and they're working with those customers in a digital transformation matter, to be cloud first, how do they take those cloud, how do they take the workloads that were on-prem, that were around data and analytics that were running in some of our legacy products, and now help those customers migrate those directly into the public cloud. So there's a tremendous opportunity for our SI partners, as well as our value-added resellers when it comes to migration of workloads into the public cloud.
0: So that's a large services opportunity for them?
1: There is a significant services opportunity to be able to repurpose existing workloads into the public cloud, yes.
0: Okay. And let's dive deeper into your partnership that you have with the major cloud providers like AWS and Azure, Microsoft. What does that look like? And and how did you form those partnerships?
1: Well, those partnerships were all initially formed from a technical partner perspective. And that's what's really great because we realized that there was, and, you know, in the original conversation where you brought this up, Hadoop Hadoop has always been a very important project and technology that all customers, including the global cloud providers, have been embracing. So mm-hmm. we embraced them very early around what we were doing as a leading um, vendor in the Hadoop marketplace. And so our partnership started both with Azure and AWS and with um, Google around the deep technical integration that we could offer for them around data and analytics. Mm -hmm. And from the deep technical integration work that we've been doing with them over a course of years, it became clear once we were building out CDP public cloud, we wanted to make sure that we could enable that in a cloud-native format. So what that meant is that we had to be able to support containers and Kubernetes in a cloud native first way for a Cloudera data platform so that we run that way directly on their platforms. So if it's, you know, Amazon Kubernetes engine or if it's Azure Kubernetes engine or if it's Google's Kubernetes engine, we're running on top of that natively inside of their environment. And what's really important to know is that once we were able to create these deep technical relationships engineering organization to engineering organization. Then it was important once we were able to have our product um, ready to go into the marketplace is we had to have the best go-to-market motion with them. And to do that is really through each one of their marketplaces because that gives specific advantages to the customer who already has an agreement in place with Mm -hmm. one of the large global cloud providers to be able to purchase the Cloudera CDP solution through the marketplace.
0: Yeah, that was what I was going to ask next, Gary, is can a customer who wants to buy and use Cloudera data platform, CDP, could they license it from you and then then bring it to AWS and and install it on AWS, or would they never do that? Would they just go straight to the marketplace?
1: They could do that. That's very possible if they wanted to buy prepaid, cloud credits and then mm-hmm. use those into one of the cloud providers. However, we think that the most effective, cost-efficient and um, way that our customers will, are actually deploying today is through the marketplace. And let me explain to you why. We have a listing today that is in Microsoft Azure. We will be coming out um, very uh, soon here with a, a new enhanced um, listing with AWS as well, and their marketplace. And what that affords a customer is the following, is that if a customer has an enterprise agreement with specific commitments and discount structures that they have prearranged with the global cloud providers, if they then purchase PDP public cloud through the Azure Marketplace or the AWS Marketplace, they are afforded the ability to be able to purchase it directly through the cloud provider, but that it will give them the ability for a certain percent of the spend that they're using on Cloudera for the CDP solution will go against your existing commitments, dollar commitments at the global cloud providers. So mm. it's important for them if a customer... Commits X amount of millions of dollars to a cloud provider, they purchase CDP. That CDP purchase, a percent of that purchase goes directly against their existing commitments. So it's a good way for them to maximize the spend of dollars when it comes to Cloudera, when they're moving workloads into the cloud, and to be able to hit their um, commitments that they're making to the global cloud providers.
0: What are some of the, the challenges in working and selling through these marketplaces that you, that you've experienced?
1: I think it's just getting the customer to understand what's that it's available now, how Mm -hmm. they go about and do that. The most important thing is we, you know, in the early part of our relationships with all the cloud providers, as I said, started out with a very deep technical integration partnership, engineering Mm -hmm. to engineering. And then we pivoted and continue to work very closely with our engineering organizations. But now we have to build a strong go-to-market with these partners. And that means we have to make sure that our sales teams and their sales teams come together collaboratively in front of the customer, that we can articulate the intrinsic value of CDP public cloud on one of their cloud platforms, what the value is for them as they're migrating workloads and that they are embracing a cloud strategy, either purely public, multi-cloud or hybrid cloud, and that we work together as two teams in front of the customer to be able to sell that solution to them and that then they can transact in a very frictionless way through the marketplace.
0: So just getting it in the marketplace, that's not the magical panacea that suddenly people are going to start flocking to it. You still have to make a lot of do a lot of awareness marketing and and communication with customers.
1: Oh absolutely. And to make sure that we do that, we work with the go-to-market teams, the sales organizations of the global cloud providers and our partners to be able to make sure that everybody understands the value prop, the joint value proposition of CDP in a public cloud environment. And then we're reinforcing the enterprise data cloud strategy and vision, you know, back to the customer with the support of the global cloud provider. And then we're doing all sorts of marketing awareness campaigns and demand generation and being able to then deliver that solution and then be able to make sure that we can onboard customers quickly. And then start to deploy the workloads so they can get production workloads into the cloud and start reaping the benefits of CDP public cloud on a global cloud provider's infrastructure.
0: Right. And what about from a pricing perspective? Did you have to migrate to their kind of micro consumption model or are you keeping your own pricing model in the marketplace?
1: well we have our own pricing model in the marketplace but you know some of the customers want a pay as you go model some customers want to do prepaid commits they want to be able to commit to a long term contract with cloudera and mm-hmm. to be, we give, afford them that ability to do that. Some customers want to take advantage just purely what the cloud provides is, you know, a line of business unit owner or somebody in an organization wants to be able to have access to cloud era on some instances of someone's infrastructure and just wants to swipe a credit card in the marketplace and be able to just get some, you know, usage for a literally an hour, a week, or a month that they can have access to. So it gives them a lot of flexibility in the way that they can get access to the technology from a procurement perspective.
0: So they can buy in all those different fashions, different formats.
1: Absolute, absolutely.
0: How about the partner channels from those cloud providers You know, being a, on their marketplace? Do you participate in any way? Because I would think you know, they're like Microsoft, let's take Azure, for example. Every, every Cloudera customer that uses it is using more Azure. So is the Microsoft partner organization also trying to promote you through their channel?
1: Oh, absolutely. So we have great relationships with the Azure partner team and also with the infrastructure and apps team, the general list mm-hmm. team. But the, part, the relationship that we have with the partner organizations within the global cloud providers is very, very strong. We're part of each and every one of theirs ISV solutions group and that they are really trying to promote us because what is in it for them is that they just want more workloads to be on their infrastructure. And as our customers are making the decision to go with one of them or or many of them, either in a multi-cloud fashion or just to go to one cloud um, in a hybrid cloud fashion, they're looking to be able to make sure that they can promote us. And their environment through their part, the rest of their partners, because it's important for them to be able to those workloads
0: are critically important. So that's a big side benefit of getting into the marketplace is then having access to their, their partner channels
1: Sure and their promotion through their overall partner organization absolutely
0: how does and this, this is a big concern when I talk to other channel leaders a concerns of going to the marketplace is what's, what's it going to do to my existing channel? Is it going to compete? with them if customers can go buy on the marketplace and now they're not buying through those partners? What have you seen there from a you know, channel conflict perspective?
1: We really don't see much channel conflict right now. And I will tell you that the place where we see our existing channel partners that are part of our Cloudera Connect program, where they will really reap the benefits of cloud is with the CDP private cloud offering that's going to be ga in the mid part of next month. Mm-hmm. And the reason for that is is that as we talk to most of our customers about enterprise data cloud and this concept of any cloud or multi cloud is that most customers today is that they build out a cloud strategy it's really about hybrid cloud they want the ability of public cloud but because they might be in a regulated industry of healthcare or in financial services or just for data protection they don't want all of their workloads to go into a public cloud. They want to be able to keep some of them in a private cloud environment. And so that private cloud environment for CDP private cloud that we will be releasing in the middle part of next month Mm -hmm. is that it gives our customers the ability to have their workloads either in a private cloud or in a public cloud, and then once again, because they want it secure and governed, we give them through what we call our SDX, the ability to secure and govern that workload no matter where it might be. Through a single pane of glass, they can move a workload between their private cloud and to their public cloud. Now, for the our typical channel partners, our resellers, the opportunity for them is that now they have the ability to work. With those customers that they have had and established very strong relationships, and as those customers are building out their private cloud infrastructure, they might be looking to not repurpose existing hardware, networking, storage, and compute, but buying new products there. So, for an example, with our relationship with Dell EMC, it gives them an opportunity to be able to sell new computer, Isilon storage, to help the customer build out the private cloud environment that they're going to then be running for CDP private cloud. And it will also give the partner like a Dell or a reseller the ability to sell the CDP private cloud license into the customer. And it will give them the ability to sell services there as well. So in the private cloud environment, we see a tremendous opportunity for our partners around the world. And as we have talked to them since, We announced CDP Private Cloud earlier in the beginning of June, and now as we come to the release of it next month, our partners in general are very excited because they see they can have the opportunity to continue to participate with us, but now not just selling into the data centers of our customers, but as the customers are making that transition into a private cloud environment. One where they're looking for the agility and ease of use and the mm-hmm. efficiency that you get with private cloud, it gives them the ability as a partner to really participate.
0: So if that, uh, let's say a system integrator is out there and they're positioning your platform with the customer and they want a hybrid environment, they want, they want to leverage your private cloud environment. But they also want to go leverage public on the marketplace. Does the, can that partner participate in that marketplace acquisition in any way?
1: They can. Our global system integrators don't necessarily resell our licensed software license technology. Mm-hmm. We work with them primarily from a service delivery perspective where okay. they have large, standing um, relationships with our enterprise customers. And so, as they are working on digital transformation projects with our customers, they just so happen to, those same customers, are now starting to take their data and analytics workloads and wanting to move them into a hybrid cloud environment. And Mm -hmm. it makes a great opportunity for an example, like a partner like Accenture. I was on a call with them today and we were discussing this and they're very excited about it. It gives them the ability to work with our joint customer that in the areas that Cloudera is not touching in the digital transformation, but they're already currently working there. And now as a customer is making that decision that A, they want to go hybrid cloud. B, they're going to do a private cloud and they need workload migration to get to private cloud from their legacy on-prem data center with Mm -hmm. some older technology of ours and move that to CDP private cloud. They have the opportunity to go do that. But then they also have the opportunity to help the customers migrate those workloads directly into something, say, like AWS. And what's really interesting, what AWS offers is the workload migration program that they are helping fund for us and our partners so that when a customer is looking to move these workloads onto their infrastructure in the cloud, they will actually give credit dollars back to the enterprise customer to be able to go use to spend on one of our partners that we have to Mm -hmm. be able to help migrate those workloads. So the customer has dollars available for them that they don't have to use, but AWS is funding, and then it allows us to be able to take our joint relationships that we have with some of the best SIs in the world to be able to position those with our customers and be able to help them use those SIs to migrate the workloads into the public cloud. So it's a win-win for the customer, it's a win for us to be able to help the customer get the workloads into the cloud and it's a win for AWS or Azure or for them to be able to get those um, workloads there.
0: Interesting. What's your go-to-market strategy in terms of direct sales versus partners? Are you trying to involve partners in every opportunity or have you bifurcated direct versus partner?
1: So I will tell you my answer to this. I've been, as you know, Rob, I was brought on about almost five months ago into this role Mm -hmm. as vice president strategic partnership. And it was because that the company understood that we need to have a much stronger and deeper partnership relationship across our diversified ecosystem of partners. Mm-hmm. And that, as we've been talking here for the last 25 minutes around our global cloud providers, is that we needed to be able to take this and upscale the relationship to where I believe we have got it today. But at the same hand, we needed to really reinforce what we've been doing with the Cloudera Connect program and other things with the rest of our partner ecosystem. Our two-tier distribution of VADs and VARs, our resellers. How do we make sure that we are really helping them be successful and profitable and driving and participating in this migration to the cloud? So to answer your question is that um, we have a very partner-centric leverage model. And that where we can, we will leverage a partner. There may be times where our customers dictate and say that they want to work directly with Cloudera and not with a partner. But typically, we have a partner involved in either co-selling, reselling, adding material value or influence in some form or fashion into one of the deals that we're structuring with our customers.
0: Yeah. You know, early on, there was there was thought that software as a service and cloud but somehow push out the the partner ecosystem but it's the exact opposite i find they're they're even more important now absolutely
1: couldn't agree more with you
0: so the cloudera connect program what types of changes have you made and i know you've only been there five months but maybe even some changes that were made to the program prior to that to really leverage this strategy and make it more impactful on the channel and leverage the channel more
1: well rob Great question, again, because what we did for Cloudera Connect is to make it a world-class program. And I think it stands up to any channel program in the industry to It's founded on the premise to make sure that we can enable and train our partners at all levels. It doesn't matter if we're trying to focus on with our partners to train their sales teams or their technical teams from pre-sales to solution architects. We need to be able to give them the training and enablement as we do for our own internal organization, so that they are comfortable and capable to sell on their own or co-sell with us in front of the customer. As you know that, you know, data and analytics is, is not a simple task and it takes a lot of work. And so we want to make sure that our partners are as trained and capable. So the enablement and training that we've put into the Cloudera Connect program is critically important. The go-to-market motion. We have things that we call a market builder. These are sales plays. They'll typically focus on parts of the solution for CDP that will address either data warehousing, machine learning, you know, that, and what's the solution? What's the persona of the customer that we're targeting? And so we will train their sales teams to be able to be able to understand the use cases and be able to position the value propositions of the overall technology of Cloudera Data Platform for an enterprise data cloud so that they can be successful in their sales motions, either independent of us when they're selling or most likely collaboratively when they're co-selling with us in front of the customers. The other thing, the Cloudera Connect program, it affords them deal registration and it also affords them, um, we reward them with MDF dollars to -hmm. be able to do joint marketing to create demand for the um, solution in the marketplace where they're at.
0: Gary, are you familiar with the the TSIA layer model, land, adopt, expand, renew?
1: Yes, I am.
0: Yeah, Is that something you guys follow in terms of that enablement? It's it's what we're looking at and kind of are, are trying to match up in our enablement at OutSystems is the partner's role and how we enable them at each of those four stages. So
1: it is critical and it's a way that we look at our go-to-market strategy from our, sale, our own sales organization and with our partners. Mm-hmm. You have to understand that we have a very rich you know, customer network, over two, almost 3,000 customers. So part of the business is we want to ensure that we can renew our customers and make sure that they are successful. So there is a real focus on customer success to so make sure that the technology that they're currently using, they're getting all the value out of it. And when we come to the time of renewal, that they look to renew. But when we renew with a customer, that we want to make sure that they are expanding, so that we're finding new opportunities to Mm -hmm. be able to use the technology. And this is what's really critical, that when we're working with our partners, that we want to be able to make sure that we just don't renew a, um, a customer, that we renew and expand. But then, as you said, what's really critical for all companies in today's marketplace is that you just can't have your existing base of customers you have to continue to acquire new customers. And that's that land and expand strategy. We yep. call that net new and um, expansion. And that's where it's really important when we are working and we're doing our demand generation you know, marketing programs is how do we actually create net new business? And we work very closely with our partners to be able to do that. We have kicked off earlier this year a complete digital transformation process where we give our customers the ability to come on board in a digital experience where they have zero touch contact with anybody and they can actually get all the information they need to truly understand what is the enterprise data cloud? How does Cloudera and CDP solve to that? Take a look at the different pieces of technology and then it walks them through that in an hour or less. And then when they want, they then can request a trial and we'll give them a trial that's spun up in the cloud for them and that they have access to a trial of our software. At that point, if they decide that they want to do more than just trial the software, they want to go into a proof of concept, we will then connect them um, directly to our sales team and we're required to one of our partners to be able to get them to go into a POC and then be able to engage them in a technical validation of CDP for the solutions that they're looking for to solve their problems. And that is really how we're looking at acquiring net new customers and how we're actually looking at expanding with existing customers as well. So right. to answer your question, it really is, we have to land, we have to expand, we have to renew, and then we have to you know, make the customer extremely successful through a dedicated customer success model, which our customers are, are I mean, our partners are absolutely part of.
0: Yeah, we have a very similar strategy. We have something called personal environment that which is that free download that a developer downloads, they get started, they, they, you know, launch their first application. And then we have a white glove team that jumps in and helps them out. And then we'll, you know, kind of develop a sales cycle from there if if they're getting interested. I'm curious, you have incentives for the partners for the renewal and expansion motions? They have, you know, financial incentives for that portion of it?
1: There's, we have incentives for our partners for all um, parts of our business. So Mm -hmm. we, I mean, we make it so that when we engage with a partner and a part of our customer's business, that there is a financial incentive for them to want to participate in that.
0: Mm -hmm. Excellent. Well, Gary, um, 30 minutes, 32 minutes into the program, let's, let's shift gears a little bit. I always love to talk about my guest channel journey. And you've been in the partner ecosystem working with partners for many years. Can you just kind of walk us through a little bit how you landed in the partner ecosystem?
1: Well, it's really interesting because it was not deliberate. As an individual sales contributor, I always learned very early on, and I've been in the enterprise software business almost 30 years. And the forefront of my career was really as an individual um, salesperson. And I realized that for me to be successful in an open territory, and I typically was covering some of the largest accounts in the territories, is that I only had so much information and there was only so much that I could do to try to overachieve my quota. So my point was, is that I had to go expand my network to make my reach bigger. And Mm -hmm. so very early on, it just became clear to me was to find out who my best partners were, in what accounts that I was working at, what partners had the best relationships, and start to engage them early and build a relationship. Sometimes that I would you know, just take business that they were not necessarily involved in and kind of pass it their way for them to be able to fulfill it and get credit on it. And that would then pay back to me in spades because when there were opportunities that they knew about that I didn't know as a salesperson, they would bring me in. So it was a really intrinsic-based approach, whereas one plus one was not two, but three. It was a better-together solution when I was selling. And as I went through my sales management career and became a sales leader at the executive level, I was always very focused on partnering. Never looked at it that I was, even as a direct sales leader or an individual contributor, that would ever think about going at it alone. About 18 years ago, I was reached out to VMware to come over to work there, and it Mm -hmm. was in the role of building out the complete partner ecosystem. I was employee 103, original member of the e-staff at that time, and my role was Vice President of Strategic Alliances and Partnership. And it was when the company was a $20 million company, ARR, and it was all about how are they going to take this great disruptive technology and go build out a partner ecosystem to go drive the expansion of, you know, hypervisor at that time, ESX, and make that a de facto standard in the marketplace? Diane, the- Green, was, <laughs> Diane Green was incredibly brilliant and realized that no matter how great our technology was, that without all sorts of partners, we would never be able to go at it alone. Yeah, And so that's really where... I got directly involved. I ran that business for 10 years and built that into a multi-billion dollar business for the company. And that's really where I cut my teeth as an executive, as a partner person, and was able to, because of my strong sales background, gain the agreement of all the direct sales leaders in the geos and the individual sales (laughs) contributors at the account level of the value of partnering.
0: Yeah. Every channel leader just really hopes that they have a sales leader like you described who gets the channel and (laughs) understands the leverage that you get from it because it's not always true. Not everybody gets it.
1: No, you're absolutely right. I mean, but I've never seen specifically in IT sales, enterprise IT sales, enterprise infrastructure IT sales, where a company can be 100% direct and be successful. You could do that for a period of time, but it's not sustaining. It can no. only, you can only be a, um, a great company with a great channel.
0: Yeah. You look at all the greats and, and what brings them to unicorn status. The channel's going to be a piece of that strategy.
1: Absolutely.
0: It's it's funny you say, Gary, that you kind of fell into it accidentally because I've only had one guest, I don't know, on like episode 54 or so. I've only had one guest so far who said he was intentional, went after the channel because his dad was in the channel. Everybody that's, else like me, we fell into it accidentally.
1: No, you, you know, you do. I mean, that's interesting to say that, but I think most people that my peers that I know have all fallen into it and that once you're part of it, and it's the reason why Scott Aronson and Rob Bearden brought me over to the company, is that it wasn't something that I had been doing for the last, you know, seven or 10 years, but they knew that I had done this at scale and I really got it. And they said, we need your leadership to come over here. We've got a great foundation. We have incredible partners today. We just need to take it to the next level as we build out CDP and our vision of Enterprise Data Cloud. And for me, it's been a dream come true because I love what I do. And I'm the reception that I'm getting from the partners around the world of all types, the global cloud providers, ESIs, the VARs, the VADs. It doesn't matter if I'm talking to them in Singapore or if I'm talking to somebody in the public sector group, public sector area of the Americas, or someone in Frankfurt, Germany. All the partners are very excited to work with us and they, you know, they just want to collaborate. And for me, it's just how do we make sure that we utilize them in a way that can bring value to them, to us and the customer?
0: Yeah. And that's why... Being in the channel and this partner business is so much fun. You know, it it really makes the job enjoyable. I learned something uh, about you, Gary, when we were chatting before the show. We shared a couple things in common, and and it's almost a common theme, I think. People on the channel tend to be very outdoorsy and and adventurous, I've learned. Not everybody, of course, but many of my guests are. And, And we both learned to ski at age 11. We love skiing. We love cycling. And you have another passion that I haven't tried, which is racing cars. So how did you get into that?
1: I will tell you that I would call myself a speed freak.
0: So, um, <laughs> well, I was a speed freak in, in high school and I got a lot of tickets. So I, I kind of had to stop that.
1: Well, I'm a speed freak in everything that I do. I like to go fast. <laughs> and even in the job, sometimes I have to slow myself down to have the rest of the team catch up because uh-huh. I can run at a very fast pace. But when it comes to the things that I do outside, like in, uh, to you know racing cars, driving cars, skiing or cycling, my thrill is, is how fast can I go on a pair of skis? So, I mean, it's like, you know, I've been clocked still, you know, going 65, 68 miles an hour on my skis. On my bicycle, when I've done a bunch of races in the mountains of the Rock and in Colorado, I do tend to slow down a little bit. Anything above 50, 55 miles an hour on a 16 pound bicycle, you know, you make you start to wonder, you know, I'm not on the Tour de France and I really don't want to take a fall. And no. says, I'm, not, I'm not getting paid $5 million to do it, but I have this important job and a family I have to go back to. But I really like to go extremely fast on my skis, extremely fast on, my, on when I'm cycling. And I happen to have a really, you know, a fun car that took a long time to acquire. And it has the top end speed of 207 miles an hour. I've got it up well over north of 160 multiple times, and I just I love the feel and the uh, the thrill and exhilaration of going real fast. So it's just,
0: uh, <laughs> that's funny. You know, skiing. Uh, I was out in uh, Snow Basin this this winter with some buddies, and one of the guys had that that app that tracks you know how your elevation and how much you're skiing and how fast you're skiing and everything. And I'd never clocked myself before, and I we were going fast, but I didn't know I had no idea how fast. I thought maybe 40 miles an hour. But it was close to sixty, I couldn't believe it.
1: yeah, you could really get going, so I mean it's it's not i mean it's not that hard, but the thing about going fast at anything you have to be careful, yeah, and that's what it, I mean, so I am the type of person that everything I do there's a calculated risk, and I think about it so if I'm going really fast skiing. I'm going to make sure I know where I am. I've skied that part of the mountain before, and I'm not going to do something that's just crazy and stupid because I'm not 22 years old anymore. (laughs) And it's the same thing with cycling is that I, I will not take a downhill descent for the first time and just let it rip open. I will have ridden that up multiple times and gone down multiple times before I'll actually, you know, keep off the brakes and Know, have a you know, a constant speed well north of 45, 50 miles an hour. And in a car, is the same thing as that you just, you know, I'm mean, you just got to be cognizant of what you're doing and careful. And so, I think that's how I'd characterize myself
0: speed with control.
1: There you go. I like that. I'm, a, I'm <laughs> gonna write that one down. I'm gonna write that one down. I love that. I love yeah,
0: that. good, good motto for the channel team. Well, Gary, this has been a lot of fun. Last question. Any advice for listeners that are thinking about, you know, forming those partnerships with the the hyper cloud providers and and getting into their marketplace? Yeah,
1: I think that, A, you have to have some really good technology that differentiates because you could get into the marketplace with a global cloud provider. But if it is just commodity technology, then you'll be one of a hundred different people offering the same thing and you'll just get down to a price point. But Mm -hmm. if you have really good technology, then what you want to do is make sure it's integrated into some of the services that they have. Make sure that there is a value that they can position your solution, your technology with what they're trying to sell into the marketplace on their IaaS. So that's my advice. Make sure that you have good technology, that you can integrate it really well with inside the global cloud providers offering. And then make sure you can articulate the value proposition so you just don't get into a price point.
0: Excellent. Well, Gary, thanks again. Thanks for being on the show. I hope to see you on the slopes. I'll see this guy zooming past me with, in control, of course. Uh, then I'll know it's Gary. You will. Next year. Yeah, that would be fantastic. All right. Excellent, Gary. All right, guys. That's a wrap on another fun episode. I really do enjoy these interviews and always learn something new. Thanks again, Gary, for sharing a lot of details on the Cloudera channel strategy and how you're finding success with the cloud marketplaces. You can find highlights of today's show and show links on my website at www.channeljourneys.com backslash CJ54. And if you enjoyed today's show, go out and leave a review on iTunes or wherever you listen. I will be back soon with another hot channel topic and a fascinating guest. Until then, have an awesome channel journey. Thanks for listening to Channel Journeys. For show notes and other Channel Journey podcasts, visit ChannelJourneys.com. If you liked today's show, please forward it to your channel friends. And be sure to tune in for Rob's next channel adventure.